Welcome to Jesus Joy and Java, a podcast for women of any age and in any stage of life who are seeking to draw closer to God through His Word. My name is Patty Nava, and my mission is to walk beside you on our spiritual journey by studying the scriptures together to strengthen our faith. We are now in season two of the Jesus Joy and Java podcast. This is a season to nurture and grow our fruit of the Spirit. I pray you will be encouraged and that this will be a blessed and fruitful season for you, my sweet sister. Now let's get ready to fill our cup with Jesus, Joy, and Java. my goodness, can you believe we are already on episode 14? Today we will learn about the spiritual fruit number six, the fruit of goodness. So you might be thinking this is just a continuation of last week's episode because kindness and goodness are the same thing. Well, not really. While we learn about the fruit of the Spirit, which Paul lists in Galatians 5.22, We're beginning to see that as the Holy Spirit works in our lives, our character changes. Where we had harbored hatred, anger, bitterness, or selfishness, we now have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Every fruit on this list of the fruit of the Spirit reflects God's character. And goodness is the one that relates to morality. But to begin, let's take a look at the dictionary and biblical definitions of kindness and goodness. Kindness, as I mentioned in last week's episode, is defined as goodwill, benevolence, and generosity. While goodness is the state or quality of being good, and is defined as purity and grace. Kindness is the quality of being generous, considerate, and friendly, while goodness is the quality of being morally good. The key difference between kindness and goodness is that kindness mainly involves helping others, whereas goodness involves doing what is right. The Greek word for goodness is agathusene, which means a brightness of life and heart. It is a word that is directly related to moral goodness, moral excellence, having no wickedness, and having no evil thoughts. It is a virtue of holiness in action and seeks to live a life that is right and pleasing to God. To live a life of goodness is equivalent to being honest and full of integrity. So this is the simplest way I can explain the difference between being kind and being good, or kindness and goodness. Kindness is an attitude and goodness is an action. When we have a kind attitude, it can lead us to do good for others. Keep in mind, though, that goodness means so much more than just the act of doing good to our friends and family. It means we do good for everyone, whether we like them or not, even when they do not deserve it. 
God puts this goodness in our hearts so that we can show grace and mercy, just as he has been so merciful to us. In other words, goodness is righteousness in action or doing what is morally right. Goodness is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit working in the life of a Christ follower. So because God is good, we should be good and do good. We must also do good because we are a new creation. As believers, we have a new nature that guides us to those who are in need or anyone who is suffering. God has a heart for them, so we are called to show them that goodness. As we learned from the Greek definition of goodness, it means to do what is morally right. This means keeping away from sin and leading others away from it as well. It means we do what is right, even when we may be the only one doing the right thing. Sometimes we may want to follow trends or be tempted to try what society is influencing us to do. Goodness means we go in the opposite direction and do what is right in God's sight. Influencers on social media, what do they do? They influence, right? Some may influence their followers to recreate inappropriate behaviors. That is why I always recommend social media breaks or turning off the TV because it is rare that anything good is going to come from that. If we follow influencers long enough, we could be led on the wrong path. So we are called to be different. We are called to shine in darkness. Like it says in Matthew 5.16, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So how do we keep ourselves from being influenced? And how do we choose goodness instead of badness? <laughs> Is that even a word? Oh, well, I just made it up. <laughs> Well, let's not forget that goodness is not a fruit that we are able to produce on our own. This fruit, like all the other fruit, are gifts from God. And it is the Holy Spirit that guides us so that we may grow the characteristic of goodness. Yes, my sweet sisters, it is only through the Holy Spirit within us that we can experience the fullness of God's goodness. When we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, we are blessed with the fruit of goodness. When others see the change in our lives and our good works, they will praise our Father in heaven because everything good comes from Him. Now let's take a look at some parables and stories about goodness in the Bible. The first one I want to talk about is the parable of the Good Samaritan. You can find it in Luke 10, verses 25 through 37. Okay, let's read these verses together. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, 
and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, who wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked, and he passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine on him, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, giving them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him. Whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. In this parable, Jesus teaches us that we should love and show mercy to everyone, including our enemies and to those who are not easy to love. Of course, it's easy to love our friends and our family, but it is much more difficult to love those with whom we do not get along with or with those who may harm us. Now let's take a look at Mark chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. It says, Now as Jesus was going out on the road, one came running and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. In these verses, Jesus questions the rich young ruler's motive in referring to him as good. He points out that God alone is good and that only God should have the label of good when referring to his character. But in questioning the rich young ruler, he's really not contradicting the comment. He only wants to know the motive for correctly referring to him as the good teacher. We know that Jesus was indeed good. He is the only man who could be labeled as good because he was the sinless son of man. He was God in the flesh. Now let's read Psalm 25, 8. The Lord is good and does what is right. He shows the proper path to those who go astray. Here King David is acknowledging that the Lord is good and morally right. He will never hurt us and always does what is in our best interest. His words and actions are always morally right. Therefore, we can trust God at all times and in every situation, no matter how difficult it may seem. 
Okay, one more biblical example. I promise this is the last one. It's just that there were so many great examples of goodness in the Bible. It was so hard to choose. But I just couldn't leave this one out. So let's take a look at King Hezekiah. In the long line of evil kings in Israel and Judah, King Hezekiah stands out as one of the only good kings. He showed goodness through his actions and decrees, and his goodness was rooted in his love for God. In 2 Chronicles 29, we read that Hezekiah became king and reopened the Lord's temple. He cleansed it and commanded his people to start worshiping God again. In verse 2 of Chronicles of chapter 29, it says, He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David his father had done. Hezekiah committed himself to the Lord. He said in 2 Chronicles 29.10, Now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel. King Hezekiah had a heart that loved and honored God. Out of his love for God, Hezekiah made choices and decrees that led all of the Israelites to worship God again. His good actions were caused by his heart that was full of goodness. Now that we've gone over some biblical examples of goodness, let's identify some ways that you and I can apply the spiritual fruit of goodness in our lives. Number one, of course, it's through prayer and reading God's Word. As we've discussed in just about every episode so far, praying daily and spending time in God's Word is extremely important. Why? Well, this is a way for us to experience the goodness of God. When we seek the Lord, we can pour out our praise, our circumstances and trials. We can surrender our anxiety to God. When we pray during a difficult trial or when we are praying, though we don't understand what's going on in our lives, we are trusting and believing that God is good. In Psalm 145, 5-7, King David says, They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your good, sorry, your great deeds. (laughs) They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. So let's move on to tip number two, that is share the gospel. Do you believe that certain people are placed in our lives for a purpose? Sometimes the very reason they are placed in our lives is for us to share the love of Jesus with them. I like to call them divine appointments. That is our mission while we're here on earth. It is to share our hope in Christ through the gospel. In Matthew 28:19, we are commanded, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Sisters, this is our great commission, and it requires a personal interaction with others who may be less mature in their walk. 
We are here to help others understand the scriptures and to help them apply God's word to their daily lives. It requires us to be selfless. Speaking of selfless, that brings me to tip number three, that is to serve others. Let's serve others, especially when nobody is watching. It is easier to serve and to do good deeds when people are watching. But Paul instructs us to do what is morally right, even when we are alone and nobody is watching us. In 2 Corinthians 5.9, he says, Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. What are some ways we can serve others? Well, we can visit those who are in need. We can visit the elderly, the widows, or the orphans, as it says in James 1.27. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So let's review. In today's episode, we have identified the difference between kindness and goodness. We reviewed the parables of the Great Samaritan and the rich young ruler. We learned about King Hezekiah, and we ended with some tips that you can apply to grow your fruit of goodness. I look forward to our next time together when we learn about the seventh spiritual fruit, faithfulness. I would like to recommend a couple of resources that can help you on this journey of nurturing the fruit of the Spirit. The first one is a book titled Unfailing Love, written by my good friend and brother in Christ, Kevin Pedraza. This book is not only a great conversation starter, but it is also a good way to point individuals to Christ. When you pick up this book, you'll want to keep reading the beautiful poems at the top of every page as they're filled with so much emotion that you and I might be able to relate to. But I would suggest that you use this book as a journal by taking one page at a time, one day at a time. Each page has room for you to journal how each poem speaks to you personally. You can find Kevin's book, Unfailing Love, on Amazon. You'll find the link for this book on the Jesus, Joy, and Java Facebook page. The next resource is an e-journal I have written as a free gift to you, my listeners. This journal is all about the fruit of the Spirit. In this journal, you will find scriptures and questions to help you apply the fruit to your daily walk with Jesus. To get a free copy of this e-journal, all you have to do is email me at pattyjavanava at yahoo.com. That's patty, P-A-T-Y, Java, J-A-V-A, Nava, N-A-V-A, at yahoo.com. This information will also be available on the Jesus, Joy, and Java Facebook page. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you have rated this podcast or shared it with your sister friends, I appreciate you and send you a big special thank you. Please don't forget to follow Jesus, Joy, and Java on Facebook at fb.com slash JesusJoyJava. Also on Instagram at JesusJoy underscore Java and on YouTube at JesusJoyAndJava. 
feel free to email me at pattyjavanava at yahoo.com. Your feedback means a lot to me. Thank you for listening, and I pray your cup may always be filled with Jesus, joy, and java.